0: and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620
1: WVMT welcome back to the morning drive everybody Kurt and Anthony here taking you through to nine o'clock and joining us in studio now it's Burlington City Councilor from the South District Joan Shannon good morning Joan
2: good morning Kurt. good morning Anthony
1: and we're gonna have uh, we're gonna get we're gonna dig deep into this uh, review of uh, the equity department under Taisha Green. Uh, but before we do get into that with Joan, uh, let's. Uh, I Joan, I know you are a big Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band
0: fan. Fan you. You
1: called yeah, in you
2: know what? What's with my my intro is the Stones?
0: I know I wasn't thinking because I was busy talking to you. About yeah, this I show.
1: know. I was
2: thinking the same
0: thing. I'm working. That's not it, a maybe. Bruce Springsteen song. No,
1: I mean so I like the Jones,
2: Stones, but
0: you, uh, we,
1: you called in when we were doing the segment on Bruce Springsteen giving away a gift certificates uh, several months ago, last year, whatever it was, along with my friend Joanne, and um, you, you went to a concert for Bruce because I know because I was I was texting you with a political issue, as usual. And you were at the Springsteen concert.
2: Yes, I got to go to the opening show of this tour in Tampa.
1: And now and you're getting ready to go to another one?
2: I'm getting ready to go to another one. At, um, he's playing Thursday and Saturday this week at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. And uh, nice. just a, a, a shout out to all the Springsteen fans out there. The Thursday night show is pretty full. The Saturday show that I am going to actually has lots of seats available. Oh, wow. And believe it or not, they are cheap. I saw seats for as little as um, $39. Now, when they say $39, after that, they add all of their fees. So right. it's probably, but it's with not their fees, it's probably $100.
0: Yeah, but still, that's but that's very reasonable
1: for a concert. But it's $39, meaning you're way back. You, you're
2: in the third tier, what they call the third well, maybe it's the fourth tier, but still, um, you know, for a little more money, you can get better seats than that. But, the, you know, there's been all these rumors that you have to pay a million dollars to go see the boss. But well, that's um, why I didn't even there look. are there are affordable tickets and um, there are mm-hmm. many available right now.
0: And if you want one. to go with Joan to the show, give us a
1: call right yeah. now. Triple <laughs> <on 888-414-0203>. A <laughs> no,
2: Just kidding,
0: folks. <laughs> um, what's your favorite song right now? I know it changes probably.
2: Um
1: everybody's got a hungry heart. Yeah,
2: hungry hungry heart is generally generally my favorite, but then, you know, uh I, I think like you Anthony, I listen to a lot of E Street Radio and yeah. find different things that that move me at different times. There's a lot of interesting songs on the um album tracks.
0: Yeah. That's that, one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. And uh it wasn't it didn't did it wasn't a huge seller, so a lot of people are like 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 uh, meet me at Mary's place is the one that I think of right away. But yeah, interesting. But
2: uh, the other thing I I've started to really like is Tunnel of Love.
0: Mm-hmm. In this tunnel of love
2: was a completely different sound for him after um, Born in the USA and. was really kind of criticized it was like not the bruce that people knew he was going through a lot in his life i guess got married got a girlfriend um (laughs) both in the same
3: year (laughs) (laughs)
2: Right. been married to that girlfriend now for more than 30 years yeah but um it had you know there's more like synthesis in that um in that song and if you think about it, that's when we were all kind of into a new wave. Yeah. And there is, to me, there's an element of that in in that song that I think is kind of interesting.
0: I think you're right. You know? <clears throat> all right. Just the beginning of it. Okay. okay. There it is. It does have a different feel to it, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tumultuous oh. year for him, 88. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, let's get serious here. But um,
1: So, Joan, uh, last Monday Night City Council meeting obviously there was a lot of controversy supporters of Taisha Green came out i want to and we want to get into that report but the first one thing that hit me was it was it was known that there was this report was being you know that that the mayor had called for this report a review i should say financial review of the equity department and that was because of what had happened in Minneapolis or at least in part because it would happen in Minneapolis and the mayor first said it right on this show when i was asking him about it he said we are as a result of what happened we're going to it was then in 7 days and i think a memo was put out to the council why was there not any uh, criticism then of city councilors or other people about i mean it was widely known that this report was being called for i mean why why did everybody wait until the results of the report came out until they were all up in arms and ticked off about it
2: well, I think that's a good question for those that suddenly were criticizing this um right before, you know, when the report came out, they started criticizing that the report was done and that the fact that the report was done at all was was racist. Um but I can't really answer that because it wasn't I you. I thought it was good that we were doing this audit in March when it was announced, and it was in seven days, and counselors were told, and I thought it was a good idea that we were doing it when the report came out. And um, I want to thank you for, you know, letting me talk about this on your show because I found it frustrating that the city spent $40,000 on a report, and even in the city council meeting, we never got a review of what was in the report. The discussion was all about the fact that doing the report, um, you know, it was driven by bias and, you know, accusations thrown at the mayor and a whole lot of defense when nobody actually, I mean, the general public did not know what's in the report. And it seems like you can agree with the report or disagree with the report. It has its strengths and weaknesses like anything else. Um, but people should know what's actually in the report.
1: (laughs) We spent $40,000 to find out. And, uh, I think a lot of people think it was warranted because it's a lot of this is taxpayer money. So let's start with, um, layout for us for this, the Juneteenth, Juneteenth event Uh, we know there was one in 2021 and then one in 2022. Can you tell us like out of the report, how much money was spent? How much of it came from donations how much of it came from taxpayers, um, how much started out. And by the way, just for listeners, we will get to your calls, but but we're not going to take calls for a few minutes because we want to get, basically um, get through some of this with Joan, what's in the report first, and then yeah, we'll take your calls. I
0: think it's important because you, you just pointed something out. that I've, I, Monday's meeting, they never discussed the actual content of the report.
2: No, quite honestly, everybody was afraid to, and including myself, you know, well, I shouldn't say everybody, I should really just speak for myself, but this was not a room, I mean, there
1: there was cheers
2: and, and applause and yelling and interruptions, you could not have a, a civil discourse in that room no. that night. Um, so this report is primarily covering fiscal year um, or Juneteenth, 2022, which would be fiscal year 2022. Um, and so, but it does reference a little bit uh, Juneteenth, 2021, which was the first year that the REIV department had formed. And Juneteenth, 2021 came together very quickly. I mean, I think it was conceived in March of 2021 and a lot of, um, effort was, uh, put together. The department was new and 2021 was largely supported and led by, um, Burlington City Arts, um, led by REIB with a lot of support of City Arts. I mean, I'm not exactly sure how you'd characterize the weight of the responsibilities in 2021, but certainly a lot of participation from the city arts department in 2021. The budget was a hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money, and then um, an additional, I think it was 164 thousand. So the total budget for 2021 was 264 thousand dollars.
1: The 164 thousand dollars that you mentioned after that came from donations.
2: Yes. That okay. was private money that was raised, and that was that was the plan really from the beginning, and that's what was executed. And there was a little bit of um, money left over from that. So going into 2022, the planning started for that pretty pretty early. Um, you know, when Taisha Green was was still here, Taisha Green, the first director of REIB. Came in, I think March 2021, and she left in March 20. I'm sorry, she came in March 2020, and she, um, which was COVID. You know, COVID was just just hitting us. So she left in March 2022, but the planning for for Juneteenth had started at least in the fall of 21. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a budget again for hundred thousand dollars, and additional funds were supposed to be um, raised from private sources.
1: Now, can I interject just for a second, Joan? So, Taisha Green obviously interviewed in this uh, financial report by um, the it's the uh, S D S F B, right? The S F B Financial Review.
2: She he furlong and bean, yes. yes,
1: and so. Um, in Minneapolis, one of the things she'd run into was that she had claimed this budget, which, um, didn't match up. That was one of the issues in in Minneapolis, but here in Vermont, in the interview, she had said that there was a $500,000 budget. Um, and so that there was never any overruns because it was always supposed to be that it spent a half a million bucks. What is the, what does the report show on that?
2: The report shows that there wasn't ever a $500,000 budget. There's no evidence in any of the 77,000, 77,000 emails that that was the case. Um, and But uh, there was also an event planner hired, a staff person in REIB, that was responsible for the planning, the contracting, the budgeting of this event, and uh, whose name was Casey Ellerbe who's also interviewed in this report, and she also reported that Taisha had, um, had gotten $300,000 of private funds before she left and that the budget was $500,000. So as the event planner for the event, she's saying the budget was always $500,000. So that's, of course, a problem. And what was actually raised in terms of private funds for the event, I think, was one hundred and three thousand dollars.
1: So less than the previous one, less less donations right. were raised.
2: And that you know, the emails show that the don- donors from the the previous year had expressed that they were not planning on donating as much as they had the previous year. Which is kind of understandable, you know. The first year of this event, I think donors would be like, you know, we're, and it was twenty twenty. It was the the year of the horrible, um, George, you know, George Floyd's murder in twenty twenty. Um, so people had pe, the organizations that had donated a, a lot of money for the first one in twenty twenty one pulled back a little bit in twenty twenty two. Um, but what uh, Taisha reported was that she kind of had everything lined up for um, the two hundred to $300,000 of private funds, and she had turned that over to Casey Ellerby.
0: Now, uh, at what point, um, because it's right here on the first page, um, Casey Ellerby uh, was the founder and CEO of Touched Apparel – Uh, Touched Apparel was the company that Taisha Green worked for before she came here.
2: No, that's not. I don't believe that that is the case. I don't believe that Taisha worked for Touched Apparel. Um, There was a relationship between somebody named Noble Jewels and Touched Apparel. Um, uh, Casey Ellerby from Touched Apparel, who became a city employee as an event planner. had been named in the RFP response of Noble Jewels who was hired to do a $90,000 uh project called um uh cult-
1: culturology so i i, I just <laughs> a um, cultural
2: transformation project so they were each named in each other's projects so that's where the relationship was but Taisha i don't i don't believe I, well,
0: the, the expo concept came from the proprietors touched by Touched Apparel, the Atlanta-based clothing company with which Ms. Green had worked during her previous job with the city of Burlington. Oh, I'm sorry, you're
2: right. Yeah, you're right. that's right. from the Minneapolis yeah. report. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, gotcha.
1: So let's talk about what is the process um, in regard to Taisha Green? as now she's the she was there for about nine months out of the process in starting the 2022 Juneteenth event. What's the RFP process, in other words, when you go to hire a company that's going to be, um, Noble Jewels ends up being the person that's hired as opposed to another company. When you look at these companies, well, Noble Jewels didn't really have a company, and the other person, the other bidder was actually had a company that would deal with these culture-type issues.
2: Yeah, so this, this issue is separate from the Juneteenth issue. There was um, a cultural transformation project and it was required that that go out to bid and so the budget for that was defined as $85,000 it did go out to bid there were two bidders one was a company from Colorado um was it named Xylo yeah uh and the other was Noble Jewels Noble Jewels came in over budget her her budget f- for Putting this um, cultural transformation project together was $89,500. The um, other bidder had come in under budget at $84,000, but the case was made that Noble Jewels was the one who was better equipped to do the project, understood the project better, and so was on the recommendation of the REIB director, um, was chosen and approved By the Board of Finance.
1: And so uh, I didn't understand that before. So that was a separate thing from the Juneteenth 2022 event.
2: That's correct. Noble Jewels had performed at the 2021 event. It was not a well-attended event. um, But so there was a connection in 2021, but that um, $90,000 project was in 2022, separate from the Juneteenth event.
1: So when somebody is... Now, it turns out that Noble Jules was, and she was asked about these in these interviews if she knew Noble Jules. Um, what was the response there?
2: She said that Noble Jules was her college roommate um, in 1994, but they had little, they were friends on social media, but they had um, little contact uh, in the interim years and were, were not close.
1: Did that turn out to be the case?
2: Um, That doesn't... uh, People have sent me um, some social media uh, uh, screenshots of Noble Jewels basically in 2019 claiming that Taisha Green was her longtime best friend. So that doesn't appear to be true. That was not... Actually, in the report, but it did. They they did allude to the fact that you know they were, well, th- it was stated in the report that they were college roommates. That that's something that should be disclosed. But I kind of challenge um, all of us here in Vermont. While Taisha was not from Vermont and had relationships that we would not know about, um, Kurt, you well know that in city government, when we hire anybody we know them a lot of times we know them well Mm -hmm. a lot of times we may have them over for dinner or go for a drink with them Mm -hmm. and so i don't want to uh, i mean i think it's concerning the 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 denial of the relationship concerns me but the fact of the relationship i think
0: isn't isn't uncommon.
2: Maybe yeah, maybe right. we should be a little bit forgiving of that and think sure. about our our own relationships with lots and lots of contractors with the city. Right.
0: And I think that's important to point out. It's in and, and because that does happen and, uh, and and Taisha wasn't from here. If she's got a relationship with somebody, that's fine. That's not that's not really the controversy. The controversy is the maybe not being forthcoming with the the basis the relationship it wasn't disclosed yeah
2: it wasn't disclosed but this is actually you know this is kind of the purpose of the report taisha doesn't work here anymore the purpose of the report actually is not to discipline right a director who's not here anymore um it's also to look at what was going on in the department beyond the director and it, it does investigate several other people we haven't heard about um but it it does identify the fact that we should have we should update our conflict of interest um policy and that these things should be disclosed and that they are not necessarily disqualifying just that they should be known um if there's a close personal friendship that that should be known
0: mm-hmm. i think that i uh, i'm i'm kind of surprised that it it's not there i mean i, I think from the outside, the, the fact that you couldn't even have a discussion about what was in the report makes it seem like it was far more damning than, than it was. Uh, I mean, I think it's, don't, don't get me wrong, I, 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 if this had been in a private sector, it would have, it, it, there's a lot of liability issue here. But um, the fact that you couldn't discuss it makes it take a life of its own.
2: Yeah, I think the defensiveness makes you think it's a lot more damning than it actually is.
0: Yeah, that's what and I was trying And it to does say.
2: bring into question, like, what what did we miss? <laughs> because I mean, there's an awful lot of defense. And you're,
1: you're talking about taxpayer money, and it's $90,000 for this, um, this uh, culturology, what do we call it? It's a culture transformation project?
2: Yeah, cultural transformation project.
1: And yeah. so then you have to look at what did we get out of this. I breezed through, It's like a, it's a long report, but... I was trying to. I went through it and read a lot of it to try to find out what we actually got out of it, as opposed to what we might have gotten from the other company. That actually, Noble Jewels, whatever her relationship would clearly had a relationship with the director at the time, and then Casey Ellerby also had a connection with them, right? Who was who was named as the event coordinator? Yeah. Um. The point is that the relationship wasn't disclosed, and the person that was very close to her got the contract who didn't actually have a company that does this stuff versus a real company that had applied. And so as a taxpayer in Burlington, I look at this and say what did we get out of the $90,000 expenditure? Right. And that's what I would ask you, Joan.
2: We got a a report for the cost almost $100,000 that I what I asked for this report because um, you know, when it was raised in the in the audit. Um and the relationship was disclosed in the audit and you know, we paid $90,000 for this report. I couldn't recall seeing the report, so I requested the report. I received the report. I have never seen anything as embarrassing um to the city as as that report. Um it was, you know, the first, I don't know, 40 or 50 pages are mostly cut and paste of other people's work it's it's credited to other people so it's not a secret that it was um cut and pasted from other sources it then there are many interviews one-on-one interviews but the, it's an auto transcript of the interviews and this mostly had to do with um helping to uh bridge the culture gap between immigrants between black people between um, other uh, other residents of Burlington, and many many immigrants are interviewed in this. But then, what's in the report is an auto transcriber of the interviews, which makes a mockery of the the immigrants who are interviewed because an auto transcriber doesn't um, account for somebody's accent the way our ears would when we were hearing them, and so the words. Are completely wrong like you c- might be able to infer what they were trying to say but the printed word is not not what they said it's how that word was interpreted with um, how their accent was interpreted by an auto transcriber which to me was uh, I-, I thought just terribly embarrassing and then when you look at the demographics it says that um, you know the participants started at age 11 which is because in the survey that was that was done, category, you you put categories for ages. You know, mm-hmm. you put ages 45 to, to 54.
4: 54 yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So one of the categories, the first category, was age 11 to 23.
4: <laughs>
1: so, yeah. uh, Joan, we gotta take a we gotta take a break. So when we come back, more with City Councilor Joan Shannon
0: with Kurt and Anthony on FM ninety six point three and AM six twenty WVMT.
1: There you go, Joan. A little better.
2: There we go. All That's right. better.
1: We are back on the morning drive and talking to Burlington South District City Councilor Joan Shannon, and we're trying to do now what could not be done at the City Council. Uh, because of the crowd that was just not going to probably allow it, which is to actually go through the report and see what really is in it because it never happened at the council. And we can start taking your calls now. But, Jonah, just real quick, um, if you could take us through, though, the chronology of the city council taxpayer dollars. Because we know that started out with uh, one number. Then there was an amendment to increase it to, what, 180000 and then came back again for more money. The donations weren't coming in um and, and of course people had been told by the director at the time that it was a half million dollar budget the review could find no evidence of that anywhere so can you just give us a little bit of the chronology of the money numbers
2: um so in the original juneteenth budget which would have been adopted as as part of the city budget in um june of 2021 the budget for juneteenth was a Then we're told sometime after that, uh, the budget was increased to one hundred and eighty thousand dollars, and that money came from other. It it came from savings. I think the money that was unspent the previous year, a fund fund balance in REIB, and eighty thousand dollars was transferred into the Juneteenth budget. That gets you to the hundred and eighty. So we were at 180 now for what was budgeted for 100, and then um, I think that there was a lot there. There was a lot of confusion going into Juneteenth, 2022, because the director had resigned in March of 2022, and she said that things were well in place and that she was still going to, you know, be kind of overseeing this. But and there was an event planner who's who's named in this report, Casey Ellerby, who was a city employee who never moved to the city. She lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Um and she was supposed to be the event planner, but she seems to be confused, you know, in the interviews, she's confused about what's happening. So um, this was a, I think June, I think the Juneteenth, 2022 was a very difficult event to manage. You had the director resigned, the event planner doesn't seem to be on top of what's happening, not on top of the she contracts.
1: Would, Casey Ellery, who was hired by Taisha Green.
2: Correct, correct. And eventually they actually hire another event planner because it doesn't seem that the work of planning this event is getting done. There's a very strong commitment in the city to making sure Juneteenth 2022 is and, you know, the exceptional event that it was in Ju- for, for Juneteenth 2021 and to make that happen. Um, another outside planner was brought in, in addition to the inside planner, whose real focus was really just Juneteenth. Um, so by November of 2022, long after the event actually happened, um, the new acting director came back to the City Council and asked us for, or to the Board of Finance and City Council, asked us for <clears throat> an additional, <coughs> just learned how to use that cough drop button, <laughs> um, an additional $130,000. So you had a hundred to start with. Went up another eighty to one hundred and eighty, and then by November, it was one hundred and thirty thousand dollars because more. there were one hundred and thirty more, um, and then private funds were one hundred and three thousand, and those additional funds were needed because I don't think in the beginning of this they were expecting to have to hire another event planner. Um, they there were also some. Um, increased costs because things weren't planned well enough ahead so there were a lot of additional fees it tells us in the report i think that it's fair to say there's still kind of a lot that's unknown about like how did we get to that total number i can't say that that i know exactly how we got to that total number
1: all right joan hold it right
0: there and uh, thanks for all that and let's go get to some phone calls now okay let's go to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive
5: Joan, I have a very quick Kurt Wright question. If Moreau doesn't run for re-election, will you run for mayor?
0: Whoa. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, look at that. See, I I didn't put him up to that, Joan. He's always one of my favorite callers because you never expect, you never know, and it's just like (laughs) quick All right, but Joan, you know, if Moreau will be deciding,
1: I mean, by all reports, he's more or less said that on the show, that he's probably going to decide within the next month, sometime in September will be less than 6 months out to the next election. Do you remain open to that? Are you thinking about Well, it? I
2: know that you you have often said, you know, Kurt, never you never say no. That is not in my plans right now. I think that um my goal is really to shine some light on the things that other people don't seem to want to shine light on. <laughs> <laughs> and um that's not necessarily a great trajectory for be for being mayor. No, um, I was going to
1: say. <laughs>
2: but you know, I got into this because well, maybe that's what
1: you need, though. I,
2: I got I became a city councilor because I felt like somebody needed to do the job, and I couldn't find somebody else to do it. And I love Burlington, um, so I will always be of service to Burlington in in the way that I feel I can best serve Burlington.
0: All
1: right. And I'm not I... saying,
2: I am not <laughs> saying that that is, as mayor, that's not necessarily right. my greatest skill set.
0: We'll talk more about this. <laughs> <All> right, let's <laughs> go to another phone let's call. Let's go to the phones. Good
3: morning, you're live on the morning drive. Okay. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Joan. Dale good here.
2: Good morning, Dale.
3: First, I want to thank you for your courage and your performance at the meeting last week, the only counselor that seemed to really, really come to Moreau's defense. Um, I was very disappointed at the, the overall council that night. I thought they sat there like a bump on a log. Maybe, Maybe it was better that they did because of the atmosphere in the building, but thank you for standing up in defense of the mayor and the process that was taking place. No, not defending the process that was taking place at the time because it was so out of control. Um, I just want to personally thank you for that. And while we're on that subject about being mayor and, and you, uh, said that you, you know, you just want to keep your eyes on things that people aren't necessarily looking at, I now have a title. You are now our official ombudswoman. ombudswoman.
2: i wish i could fix all those problems but
3: um
1: it reminds me though joan of of when dale's saying that about what you did to defend the mayor whatever on wcax news saw you on the news and uh, you basically said that the council you can i'm paraphrasing here so you can correct me if i say this wrong but you said that the council really should have been following this more closely and, and asking the questions that were being asked now as part of the financial review, that that should have happened earlier when these requests for more and more money to be pumped into this event were happening. But that it didn't happen because I think what you more or less said was that people were afraid to ask it. And you said that essentially because of what you're seeing happening right now, which was the mayor calling for a review and getting called a white supremacist you were then called a liar that you had lied on WCX news by another city councilor, Zariah Hightower. What could she possibly be saying that you're lying about? Or do you have any idea?
2: Um, I I think I, I have no idea. (laughs) I think I said two things. Um, One was that if you're spending public dollars, you should expect public scrutiny. I'll stand by that. Um, That, one of the reasons this probably didn't happen sooner was because of a fear of exactly what's happening now. These um, calls of of white supremacy and racism are very um, they're very, very hurtful to, uh, I think, to anybody in our community who's who's being called that. Um, and, you know, particularly to politicians, no doubt. Uh, especially liberal politicians, which I think we all consider ourselves. So the other thing that I said was, wait, I said one other thing, which was that I didn't think that the um, calls of racism were actually about the report because Moreau was being called um, a racist racist by by Taisha before she said in a VT Digger interview on Thursday that was at the 10th 8th 10th I forget Three um, days
1: before the city council meeting
2: it was well it was Thursday our yeah. our um our agenda comes out late on Thursday afternoon and Thursday morning she was contacted by VT Digger she said she had not seen the report and she was making these accusations of racism so i said well it can't be about the report because she's saying that she hasn't seen the report. So it's just about the act of doing the report. And you, if you spend public funds, you have to expect um, public scrutiny. And I've actually had, um, I've had a lot of calls of support, you know, people who understand that this is, this is difficult. And I've had calls from both black people and white people. um, And, Black, I I do want to say that racism in our community is real. The work of the REIB department is important. We Mm -hmm. want it to be... We, we want it to be credible. Right. Um, we want to have faith in that. That's, that's important. And black people in the community are concerned that this is, this is going to be saddled on them, which it should not be. No. You know, just like in the white community, we have had, um, department heads that are fired. We have, Kurt, you and I know when we were on the city council, we did our darndest to expose, um, misspending, uh, in the, um, you know, by the city administration. So this isn't something that has been overlooked for white people, and it should not be for black people either, nor should it be tied to a race. Right. Because the vast majority of of people involved in REIB and our community are honest.
1: And, Joan, we've got some calls coming in that we're going to get to right now, but isn't it out of order for a city councilor to on the city council floor that night call another counselor a liar
2: it is very clearly a violation of our rules um i think it was also a false accusation um and it's highly offensive there's also but there were no rules being applied you know you notice uh uh there was also a lot of calling counselors by their first name which is not how how we operate they're supposed to be a show of respect while we disagree, that was not happening.
0: No, I, no, I, no, it wasn't. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on The Morning Drive.
5: Yes, good morning. Um, I remember just a few years ago reading a WCAX uh, news article about Taisha Green um, where she had said that she, just a few years prior, she didn't even know uh, about Juneteenth. So I find the whole debacle that we're going through right now a little interesting. And if you actually look into it, Juneteenth was a very isolated regional holiday. The only people that knew about it were people that lived in Texas or moved away from Texas. So even within the quote-unquote black community, uh, which I got to tell you, I'm really sick and tired of white community, black community, this community. It's an American community. Enough people of different colors and ethnic backgrounds have died side-by-side in the same foxholes with each other. To call ourselves American. I, I think that, that we've gone past that point, and I think it's time for everyone to kind of get over the whole race thing. Enough people have died for this. Thank you.
2: Joan? Yeah, the caller raises uh, actually a, a lot of, of different issues there, and I agree with the caller that I think our goal is to be the American community. We're we a very divided community in this country right now, um, not not just black and white, but certainly right and left is more divided than it has ever been. And I think one of the um, clear goals of the REIB is to make us a more united community, to help us to understand each other. It's not always the way it has functioned. Um, And I have a lot of, of confidence in that department right now to work towards those goals. As far as Juneteenth, um, minneapolis where uh, where Taisha Green is from has a has had for a very long time a very robust Juneteenth celebration and I will say most people in our community did not know what Juneteenth was um, it was It was the um, when the proclamation was made in Texas to make people aware long after slavery had actually ended people. Were made aware that slavery had ended, and I think that it's it's right to um, celebrate. Yeah, that that it's a huge advancement freedom for was our country. was finally achieved on that day, and also recognition recognition of the great sadness and mar on our society that has you know that affects us to this day.
0: Let's grab another phone call, Joan. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the
3: Morning Drive. Yes, good morning. You know, maybe some good can come from all of this, because as a Republican in Vermont, I'm accused of being a racist just for waking up in the morning. So perhaps liberals and progressives will maybe think twice before lobbing the racist word as often and as commonly as they do.
2: Well, another good point. I will say that when in Minneapolis, when they decided to investigate, Minneapolis has um, a, a predominantly non-white city council and two black city council members were were accused of racism and accused of being anti-black um and
0: for questioning taisha green
2: for questioning you know they they reacted much more quickly than we did in burlington um we should have reacted in my opinion in November when we were asked for yet another $130,000. Now going into that, we all have limited bandwidth in, in Minneapolis. They have a full-time city council. We're all doing this and trying to do our jobs. And we have, um, we're trying to get the police chief appointed. There's, there's a lot of balls in the Mm -hmm. air for us all at the same time. And I think that there was a common feeling we want to just put this behind us. And when the, People in Minneapolis started raising the red flags. They really raised their red flags at the first sign things weren't going well. Yeah. Whereas we were very, very forgiving in Burlington. Yeah.
1: And then Taisha immediately jumped in and said it was a toxic work atmosphere. And she called a black city councilor a racist.
2: Um, yeah, the president of the Minneapolis um, City Council is a black trans woman. I I think she politically identifies as a socialist. And you know she had the same kind of racist, uh, we're, racist actions. We're accusations. almost t- we
1: almost out of time, Joan, But d- doesn't it trouble you a little bit? I mean, no, this is shouldn't all and isn't all directed at the former director of of, of Taisha Green. But doesn't it trouble you that when any review or, or audit in Minneapolis is taking a look at for taxpayer expenditure of taxpayer funds, that the response is you're a white supremacist, you're a racist. This seems like an attempt to just not have that's what that concerns me more than anything it makes it raises my antenna up saying what's going on why what is there to hide here
2: well i i call this the attack of the messenger's messenger um you know the mayor did not write this report the report was called for by the director of our finances finances Mm -hmm. it's our cao who who asked for this initially the mayor agreed to it um but i think it's also one thing we didn't get to is this report actually isn't about just Taisha Green. There are other people that are mentioned in this report, other things investigated where no wrongdoing was found. And there was no fraud or embezzlement found in this report. The only thing that they found was um, mismanagement, and they had recommendations to the city about how to avoid that. I think it's really important that we have systems in place that will assure that, that this isn't a racist issue. That X happened, X happens, and Y is the response.
0: All right. Joan Shannon, thanks for being out. I wish we had even more Thank time. You. We're out of time. But uh, tomorrow we'll have the mayor of Rutland on right here on News Talk WVMT Burlington. Thanks for coming in.
2: Thank you.
6: From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. The sheriff in Fulton County, Georgia, says he expects all 19 defendants in the election interference case to be fingerprinted and have their mugshots taken this week. And that includes former President Donald Trump has said on social media he'll be there Thursday. ABC's Aaron Katursky is in Atlanta now.
4: The judge set former President Trump's bond at $200,000, the first of his four criminal indictments to require Trump to post bond. He'll have to pay 10% when he surrenders in Fulton County, where he and 18 others are charged with conspiring to overturn Trump's election loss in Georgia. District Attorney Fani Willis personally signed the order after meeting with Trump's attorneys. They agreed to rules for Trump's release. Among
6: those rules... No No direct or indirect threats toward any potential witnesses in the case, including his 18 co-defendants. President Biden visiting fire ravaged Maui last night, promising federal dollars to help the island rebuild. More than 100 people were killed in those fires, but more than 800 are still missing. Firefighters in Greece this morning discovering the bodies of 18 people in an area ravaged by a major wildfire burning for days. As mud cleanup continues in Southern California from Tropical Storm Hillary, Tropical Storm Harold takes aim at coastal Texas.
4: The storm seemed to blow up out of nowhere and now South Texans are filling sandbags to lay in front of doors and windows on flood prone properties.
0: We also have some uh, pre-filled sandbags
4: that we typically take to our residents that, that don't have any transportation or that are elderly. David Flores is the assistant city manager in Mission, Texas. The forecast is for up to three and a half inches of rain in areas that have been bone dry for weeks. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas.
6: There's a federal hearing today that could decide whether that floating barricade will be allowed to stay in Eagle Pass, Texas. The Justice Department has sued, saying the barrier in the Rio Grande poses environmental and humanitarian threats and could harm relations with Mexico. You're listening to ABC News
4: paid for by government.com. Have you heard? Morgan's silver dollars are back for 2023. For the 100th anniversary, the U.S. Mint released the first legal tender Morgans in 100 years. They sold out instantly. Now, Morgan's silver dollars are back in 2023, minted in 99.9% pure silver, but only 275,000 coins were minted, and they will go fast. The entire market and experts agree this is a big deal and an amazing opportunity for both coin and silver buyers. Just call one 800 859 15 And you are guaranteed a 2023 brand-new, uncirculated 99.9% pure silver Morgan dollar. But with limited quantities, you must call now. To learn more, call 1-800-859-1518. Plus, you'll receive a free bonus Patriots Pack, new and improved, a $25 value free with every order. Call 1-800-859-1518 now to secure your new 2023 Morgan silver dollars before they are gone. That's 1-800-859-1518.
6: A heat wave hitting the Chicago area, forcing changes for several school districts. One in South Holland, Illinois, going to e-learning for three days. And the start of school for students in the 13 schools in the Downers Grove District push back from tomorrow until Friday. Fresh warnings for parents of babies tempted to put a screen in front of them. Researchers say too much screen time for babies at one year old is linked to developmental delays by the time they become toddlers. Kids at age one who have an excessive amount of screen time are lacking that face-to-face human interaction. Pediatrician Alok Patel says the study published Monday in the journal JAMA Pediatrics is significant because it looks at the impacts of screen exposure on babies, finding that anywhere from one to four hours of screen time could have long-lasting effects. That's ABC's Allison Kosick. A new help today from Washington for people struggling under student loans. Details from ABC's Andy Field. The
5: president calling it saving on a valuable education loan or just saving. Save President Biden creating a new federal student loan that would put a cap on payments at five percent for undergrad loans starting next summer. The president's plan would let a single student loan borrower making less than thirty three thousand pay zero in monthly payments until they earn more. It will be part of a special loan program through the Department of Education.
4: This is ABC News. You don't have to live in Britain to get what the New York Times calls the best of British telly. Stream the UK's most brilliant series only on BritBox. Unlock acclaimed favourites including Vera and Stonehouse, starring Succession's Matthew McFadden. Plus, don't miss upcoming original dramas like Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant.
6: Lose yourself in Britain's best entertainment only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.